and welcome to episode eight of Badland Girls. I'm Ria. And I'm Destiny. How are you this week, Destiny? I'm good. I uh, mostly have just been like working and uh, today I decided to watch Gregor Rocky movies on the Criterion channel and it made me really happy. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Um, yeah. How are you faring in uh, in the quarantine land? Because I realized today <laughs> that we have spent almost a year quarantining. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Has it really been a year or are we sure? <laughs> it's close. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I judge it from when my when I personally started working from home. So this was uh, Friday the 13th and uh, in March. Oh my God, I think you're right. Yeah, just about March. So yeah, it's, it hasn't been a year yet, but it'll, it's, it's going to sneak up on us and we're still going to be in quarantine. Oh yeah. I'm so not happy about it. <laughs> uh, I'm not happy about it either. <laughs> I uh, I find myself like flying into fits of rage whenever I see people out and about not adhering to any sort of safety precautions or measures, and then I'm mad too at our uh, government for not uh, being more strict with said safety measures. I agree. I'm with you 100%, and I'm just like. I'm burned out. I feel like completely discombobulated all the time. What about you? Same. I, uh, to tie things into current events, uh, like one of the only reasons I wanted uh, Joe Biden to win the election was because I knew he would do the absolute bare minimum to at least ensure some safety precautions to help drive COVID cases down. And it sounds like that's what he's doing. Of course, you know, I would like more, like I'd like, uh, you know, monthly checks to help people who are unemployed. I'd like, you know, debt forgiveness and I'd like a lot of other stuff. But the, the simple fact of it is, is that we just, we just need, we need people just to wear masks all the time. <laughs> we yeah, can't even they should... get that done. They should pay us to stay home. There's yeah. no reason not to. Like, we can do it. Oh, man. Uh, but that's how I feel. Um, but yes, uh, we have a new president coming in in January 2021. How do you feel about that? I don't expect him to be a good president. <laughs> I, I'm glad he's not the man from The Apprentice, but I also am not that excited about him or the vice president he selected uh i'm just kind of over neoliberals but you know maybe maybe something good will happen <laughs> for this is once. a very uh a democratic socialist podcast um i also this was the first time in my uh short voting record where i was absolutely 100% unhappy voting for the person I voted for and uh, I uh, that's that's not that's not good uh, it's not the first time I've been unhappy like I was not excited to vote for John Kerry 
Oh, really? See, I was really young and not as uh, learned as I am now. So I was excited to vote for him. I just, I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was super woke or anything. I just, he didn't inspire any sort of uh, excitement for me. But, you know, to each their own. Uh, definitely more left now than I was back then. Yeah, I feel like the older I get, the more left I get. I uh, I put my faith wholeheartedly in the people more than anything else. And I... Uh, I really admire all the the leftists who are working really hard to get our country to be more progressive than it has ever been in in our lifetimes. And um, I just wanted to, at the top of the show, just drop some recommendations because I know it's um, it's easy to get caught up in the fact that you know who is out of office, and I'm glad for that because he was quite terrible. But I don't think it's the time for any of us uh, to really just kick up our feet and just relax for the next four years. <laughs> right, and, I agree. Um, uh, while I do think that uh, it'll, it, I hope it might be easier to fight the new incoming president, I would encourage everybody who's listening to the show, if you're not already, to uh, seek out some progressive forms of um, media to uh, digest, to really uh, open your eyes to what's going on in this country. My recommendations are the Jacobin uh, website and um, magazine, which is hard left democratic socialist magazine, but Megan Day, who's one of my favorite uh, political writers right now, writes for it, and she is always really astute and um, very hopeful in her writing. So this is not to say like, you know, keep yourself informed and in and cynical. Like honestly, like being this way makes you a better, like more hopeful person because you just want the best for you and the people around you. And then I'd recommend Rising on YouTube, which is features one of my favorite political commentators, Crystal Ball. And she's a huge, she's like what Rachel Maddow should have been as far as progressive kind of like commentary goes. And uh, she does co-host the show with a conservative, but he is a um, populist conservative. And uh, I find myself agreeing with a lot of his points because he comes from a background of like also wanting the working class and the multiracial working class to get the, get the dues they deserve. And then lastly, I would recommend if you're, you want some fun kind of humor along with your your commentary i would recommend tim black he's one of the few people of color who um are doing progressive commentary and i think he's really funny and also he provides a much needed uh black voice to a lot of the progressive news or just news in general that hits the that hits the streets um I find he's also just really funny. I love him a lot. But those are the people that helped me get through this political landscape of this year. And I am really going to be relying on them to get me through the political landscape of the coming years. That's cool. Thanks for the recommendations. I haven't had the heart to like read any politics or <laughs> watch any politics. I've just been so sick of everything <laughs> no i don't blame you and to be totally honest like i am like i'm giving myself i told my dad that i'm giving myself like one month to celebrate 
and just be happy. And then it's just like back back at it once January hits. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, give yourself time to sigh and and then get back to work. Exactly. If you can, if you have the bandwidth, it's yes. not always uh, with everything that's going on. It's not for everybody. No, but uh, those do are take just, care of yourselves. Yes, those are just things that helped me uh, in my um, journey. Like I said, throughout this year, but I just wanted to. I've been meaning to do that for a while, and I thought this would be a perfect chance to talk about it a little bit because that's what I do sometimes <laughs> between watching yeah, cat no, videos. That's, <laughs> that's what you have a podcast for. <laughs> yeah. Just to share this stuff. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I've spent a lot of this like last few weeks just, just cynical and drunk and <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. not happy. It's, oh no. I'm giving I'll you a podcast okay. hug. Oh, well, thank you. I, I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. I just but, need to read something hopeful, I think. Okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move into uh, our regulars. What was the last movie you watched? Was it those Gregoraki movies? Yeah, I watched... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's three of them on the Criterion channel until the end of November. Um, I watched The Living End, which is my absolute favorite. It's not for everyone. I'm just going to say that up front. It's It's... A messy, messy, messy love story between uh, two HIV-positive men who are on the lam. Who stars in this? There are no stars. It's a 90s indie movie. <laughs> well, I didn't know there, so I wouldn't know who they are at all? No. <laughs> okay. I don't know who they are. Like, I, You know what? I'll look up their names just to give them a shout-out. Okay, okay. Sorry, I thought that maybe it might be like... Um... That one with Rose McGowan that I forget the title of. Oh, Nowhere? Yes. Yeah, that's the one with all the stars. Uh, <laughs> Living End is, um, it's a punk band, so that's what I'm getting when I search. <laughs> that's, okay, hold on. Let's... <laughs> um, Mike Dietry is Luke and Greg Craig Gilmore as John. Okay. Those are the two main characters. There is a cameo by Mary Warnov in this movie. Oh, so I love that. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it, and uh, Paul Bartel also has a cameo. Oh, I uh, love that too. Yeah, they're both in uh, Eating Raul and Chopping Mall. Uh, Badland Girls classics. Those are in our canon. If you've never seen them, go see them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I um, also watched Mysterious Skin, which is this very upsetting movie about um, how child molestation uh, affects these two characters in completely different ways, where one of them doesn't see the problem and th- thinks that it was love, and then the other person thinks that he was abducted by UFOs, and it's like heart-wrenching. That one has Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Brady Corbett and Michelle Trachenberg. It's a later one. Um, Gregoraki hasn't directed that many movies. But those are my two favorites. And then when we, right before we got together to record, I was watching one of his early, early ones called Totally Fucked Up, which is, it's got James Duvall in it, who's in almost every Gregoraki movie. He's this beautiful man <laughs> who, who looks good smoking a cigarette and wearing a leather jacket and just 
bisexual icon. I don't know if he is actually bisexual. He's always bisexual in Greg Iraqi movie Greg Iraqi movies. So Was he uh, in Nowhere? Yes. Okay. Thank he's you. He's in Nowhere. He's in Kaboom. He's in he's in uh almost all of them. I've only ever seen Nowhere of Greg Iraqi movies. Oops. I didn't drag you to Kaboom. No, we weren't that close yet, I don't think. Fuck. Oh, damn. I I thought I dragged everyone to that because that was like (laughs) so exciting for me when that came out. (laughs) I was playing (laughs) theaters here. Um, Yeah, I don't know. His movies are uh, part of the new queer cinema movement of the 90s, and they're all just like problematic babies of mine. I love them so much. (laughs) Oh. Uh, but that was the last. Uh, those were the last three movies I watched. Uh, but what was the last movie you watched? Uh, the last movie I watched was um, the Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, which is a Netflix uh, tween film about. Fun. Uh, it's like a, it's like a you know I love goofy kid movies and it's about a girl who loses her charge to some monsters in the closet, like literal monsters. And then discovers this underground secret base of teenagers who fight off monsters as a team. And she ends up joining their team to help get the kid back. That's fun. That almost reminds me of the plot of one of my childhood favorite movies, Little Monsters with Howie Mandel. Did you ever see that movie? Okay, was Fred Savage in it? Yes, both Fred and Ben Savage were in it playing siblings. Oh my god. I think I saw like a snatch of it. In daycare once, but I don't think I know anything about it. What's it about? (laughs) Ben Savage gets kidnapped by the monsters under Fred Savage's bed. And he befriends his imaginary friend. And they go down into the world under the bed to, like, save the brother. Oh, my God. See, I remember the image of him getting taken under the bed because that really stuck with me as a small child. But I don't know anything about this. I should hunt this down. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it was absolutely one of my favorite movies growing up. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just love the idea of a secret world of monsters. Like, that was always really fascinating to me. <laughs> like, uh, I'm always uh, was obsessed with that and uh, the idea of, like, tiny people, like borrowers. Remember the borrowers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we watched The Secret Life of Arietti recently, and that was sending me back to childhood because I was really into that as a kid. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was just like, I they Netflix has been dropping a lot of movies, and, uh, well, they always do, but I've been more paying more attention to it because of quarantining. And there's actually not not a good chunk of them. There are a good chunk of them are pretty good. I, I'm pretty surprised. <laughs> so... Okay, cool. I'm going to have to watch... The last Netflix original I watched was The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I already talked about on the podcast, but I need to catch up on these movies. Yes, please. All right. Well, let's move on to... Ah, Badland Girl. Girl. That's That's my jam. jam. Destiny, what is your jam? My jam is an oldie but a goodie. It's from 1998. Uh... Real ones know it was on the Godzilla soundtrack. It's the Untitled by Silverchair. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! What led to this was, being your jam? I'm so curious. I don't even know. Like, okay, so 
Spotify has this playlist that it auto-creates of songs that you've had on repeat the most recently. And I just went to look. Yeah, it's just called On Repeat. And then there's On Repeat Rewind of other songs you've had on repeat in the past. And this was the first track on my On Repeat. Because apparently I've just been listening to it a lot. It's just, when I was in high school, Silver Chair was one of my favorite bands. And this song is just like this pretty sad uh, song with, I think there's strings on it. I don't know what it has to do with Godzilla. It's on their greatest hits album from the early aughts, which is how I discovered it. Because I don't think I was paying that much attention to the Godzilla soundtrack. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I didn't even know that movie had a soundtrack. We're talking about the American film, right? Yeah, the Matthew Broderick film. Okay. I guess yeah, I should have known. The... <laughs> of course, I'm going to find the silver chair deep cut and just be like, yeah, this is my jam in 2020. <laughs> it's that's so fine. Pretty. I think that's fine. <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I have this thing for like very specific teen angst, and I guess I've been reliving it through quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love this. This pleases me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. What's your jam? Uh, so to the surprise of no one, I'm still on the BTS train. And hey, I that BTS of, train's a fun train. I discovered one of their uh, older cuts called "Run," and the music video is very cinematic. It's like a, it's almost like a little short film where they're all like leather jacket wearing punks who have this little, like, almost the outsiders, Essie Hinton, like, brotherhood partying and living together in an abandoned railway car. That aesthetic, (laughs) that aesthetic of, like, leather jackets and just, like, I think they're all wearing, like, really beautiful, like, sharp eyeliner. And and just they're kind of running around being punks. I'm like, oh, damn, that speaks to me on a deep level. And I was like, I'm into this. I'm into this. Speaking of (laughs) things I was into as a teenager, boys in leather jackets and eyeliner. (laughs) You said the magic words. The magic words, yeah. I feel 17 again. (laughs) Oh, man. But yes, it's a very very good video. I like it a lot. And it's a good song, too. I'll have to check it out. I've been on the BTS train so hard and one of the things I actually discovered is that in kind of K-pop slang when you refer to your favorite member of said group doesn't matter which one you call that your bias so if let's say if uh, J-Hope is my favorite of BTS I would say J-Hope is my bias and so I decided to come up with a, a tiny little a little little lightning round for you and me, Destiny, because I would like to propose some bands, and I would like us to discuss who our biases in each of these bands. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so the first one I can't comment on because I don't know enough about the band, but I am dying to know who is your bias in Radiohead? Oh, Radiohead. My favorite band since I was 14, for those of you who don't know. Uh, my bias. Now, does this mean, like, who I think is the cutest or just who I like the most? Uh, I would say it means who you like the most. Okay. 
I've always loved their guitarist, Ed O'Brien, the most. Really? Um, Yeah. Let me... I don't know why. (laughs) I... I just... He's always there with the backing vocal. He's got a great smile. Uh, I've seen Radiohead live about three times. And... I just always feel like he and I vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It's very magical. It's very uh, unreal. Um, but yeah, no, he's probably uh, Johnny Greenwood coming in second. He's their other guitarist okay. and multi-instrumentalist. And he's the one that plays the weird instruments and does all the interesting movie scores. And oh, okay. he's, he's just, he's a fucking dynamo. But those are my biases in Radiohead. All right. Next band. We're going to go with uh, TLC. Who was your bias in TLC? My bias in TLC is Left Eye. To the surprise of no one. She burned that guy's house on fire. She's a, she's a hero. And may she forever live on her legacy. Because she was... I always bought the fire to the tracks. And so she will always be my favorite. Uh, Left Eye is also my bias for TLC. Um, I remember when I first bought Crazy Sexy Cool, I just thought that that mark under her eye, I thought it was so unique and interesting. And again, yes, she brought the fire to all the tracks. I also, as a kid, was quite blown away when she lit her boyfriend's house on fire. I thought that was amazingly (laughs) badass and, and just like, like totally like I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me and I'm like wow <laughs> also remember when they wore the condoms yes I found that out she way had later. the one in her glasses yeah oh okay I, I remember it happening in a music video I uh, uh they were cool they were cool but yes may she forever rest in peace that really bummed me out when that happened uh when when she died I was she really upset away, about yeah. it yeah it was um she was too young. She was too young. My goodness. All right. Next up is who was your bias in Destiny's Child? Oh, good question. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say Kelly Rowland. Hell yeah. That's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I liked her more than Beyonce in those days. I did too. I liked her hair. Like her, I thought her hair, she always had like streaks of color in it. And I always thought that was really cool. I think she was always rocking short hair when the rest of them were doing long hair. Yes, exactly. Very cute. Also, And she she, was in Freddy vs. Jason. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, (laughs) she was in Freddy vs. Jason, eternal cred. Freddy called her dark meat. (laughs) Never never forget. (laughs) Oh my god. What a time to be a teenager that was. My goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, and my last one for who's your bias is uh, the eternal, the Beatles. Oh, George. Why George? I'm curious. Because he was the one that went off the spiritual deep end. And <laughs> I'm always here. He was just like, I'm just going to be a Hindu now, ride or die. This is my mantra. This is my guru. I'm just going to live this way my whole life. He was the quiet one. He had the 
deepest eyes and the deepest soul. Um, I don't know. He's just always been my favorite. I love that. And it's so perfect to who you are, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who's your bias on the well, Beatles? Well, there was a time I thought John was my bias. Uh, and then there was a time I thought George was my bias. But the truth of it is, is Paul McCartney will always be my bias. <laughs> You'll always be my bias. <laughs> Uh, it's because I just really loved uh, Paul's songs. I really loved his his bass playing, which I thought was at both turns kind of virtuistic, virtuo, kind of virtuoso, and then also just really melodic and clever. And I just I don't know, like even after the Beatles, I was really drawn to his albums that he did post Beatles. Um, and I he's I, got some of the best. Yeah. He uh, he had some just really good ones. He really uh, experimented with lots of uh, new kind of like pop techniques, which I thought was really cool of him. And I just uh, I know it's kind of like an obvious choice, but I don't know. He just seemed like a very a very kind of he was very cutesy when he was in the Beatles, too. And uh, I just really liked I was really drawn to his music and uh, his style. Cool. I dated a guy in high school that kind of looked like him. Really? I'm jealous. <laughs> it was my only high school boyfriend. We were so mean to each other. Oh, well, I'm not I'm jealous. I'm feeling very nostalgic today. <laughs> is this the teen episode? <laughs> this is the hashtag teen episode. Oh, Just man. feeling my teen feelings. Oh, Jesus. That was fun. I wish I could do this all day. Yeah. I just, I loved just the idea. I just love that term, like my bias. And I was just like, oh, I love that. Um, Who's your bias in B2K? Or B2K. That's a different boy band. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, BTS. My bias in BTS is probably, right now, it's probably J-Hope, who I think is just so cute. And uh, he's he's one of the really good dancers in the group. And then um, probably second is probably Jimin, who I think every girl in the entire universe has a crush on, which is Yeah, fine. I was about to say, he's everybody's favorite, yes. which is totally fine because he's adorable. Yes, I don't know if I have cute. a... I don't pay enough attention to which boy is which, but I enjoy them all. They're yeah. such mesmerizing dancers. I know. God. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's move on. So... We've friends. We've come to the end of a white woman movie club because honestly, we've had too much of white women. Yes, <laughs> I have to agree. The movies have been fun. I really liked this last one, uh, so I'm glad we're ending on a good note. Yes, uh, but yeah, I can't bear just watching movies just because white women are in them. It's not my brand. No, no. Never thought this would happen. I mean, like, I, I'm happy that we kind of hit the, the big ones. So now that we have those in our, our like, kind of to add to our kind of pop culture canon. But it, it is time to put the white woman to bed. And it is, we are ending with a discussion about Steel Magnolias. And uh, Destiny, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this movie. I absolutely loved it. It had charm for days. Like, I, I forgot how fucking funny Olympia Dukakis is in this. Oh yeah, this ended up turning into a mini Olympia Dukakis marathon as well. <laughs> yeah, she's in Moonstruck and <laughs> yeah. she was my favorite character in that. 
I absolutely adored her. She was like just the best. And then Dolly Parton and fucking Daryl Hannah. And they were all just so charming. And and then you've got, <laughs> what's her face? Sally Field, all this bad shit just happens to her this whole movie for no reason. I, was, I don't understand. I was really impressed with Julia Roberts in this. She was really good. Yeah. Uh, was she already huge by the time this had come out? I don't think so. I don't think she had made Pretty Woman yet. I don't. Okay. I'm not sure. Though. I don't think so. I think Pretty Woman's later. Yeah. She was starting uh, to gain some traction, that. though. I think, but you know, Pretty Woman was like her big ass movie. Yeah, which I've never seen the whole thing. And neither have I. If um, we were still doing this club, I'd be like, let's watch Pretty Woman next. But I don't want to. <laughs> oh man, I you'd have to fucking put me down in a clockwork orange chair to get me to watch that movie. <laughs> Did you like her in the Oceans films? No. <laughs> oh, see, I am one of the few people that likes that movie, the one where she plays Julia Roberts for a, t- a time. Oh, my God. Oh, see, I've absolutely... only seen the first one. Oh, okay. There's this very dumb bit in, I believe, the second one where she plays on the fact that she, her character plays on the fact that she looks like Julia Roberts to, like help with the heist and it's hilarious oh, okay well that does sound pretty funny <laughs> um, but a lot of people didn't like that but i did no yeah still well, magnolias uh they remade this movie with an all-black cast fairly recently and i would like to track that down oh my god i did not know that at all that's something that uh i want to find i think it's on amazon prime uh, it sounds cute as fuck, but, uh, I could see somebody watching that movie and being like, these Southern women all need to be black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's such a good point. Um. There are no black people in that fucking movie. God. The only black people I saw were the people who were helping, uh, arrange the wedding in the very beginning of the movie. Right? Yeah. All of her help. Yes. And then there were some black people at the wedding, I think. Yeah. So, Dancing to terrible music. Yeah. So my dad... What did you think of Dolly? Oh, go on. Oh, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask what you thought of Dolly Parton. Oh, I love Dolly Parton. Honestly... She's so likable. She brings such, like, a fun energy to any movie I've seen her in. And she's one of the few actors who can really play, like, I'm a working class woman and I totally 100% believe it. Do you know what I mean? Just her background. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. But I love that, you know, she ran this kind of salon out of her own house. And um, what's interesting is that uh, I read Reese Witherspoon's lifestyle book last year, uh, Whiskey in a Teacup. And Reese Witherspoon just gives like a lot of like lifestyle advice, like crafting and cooking advice from a Southern perspective, because she herself is a Southern woman. And um, she said Steel Magnolias is her favorite movie. And it what it's what inspired her to be an actress. And she said, if you ever want to learn how to act, she said, watch that scene in the beginning of the movie of them in the hair salon when Julia Roberts goes into shock from from not having enough sugar. Huh. That's a really good scene for that. Yeah. I could I get that. That's I think interesting. So too. I, I like Reese Witherspoon. I don't really think about her that much, but I will always have a soft spot for cruel intentions and uh 
was she in was she in any of the 90s horror movies i'm having a brain fart uh no i don't think she was i think the closest she came was like this weird like thriller freeway that she was in oh with, yeah um, Kiefer sutherland okay that was actually the first movie i saw her in it's like a weird like warped tale of little red riding hood and she's, I, like, on full Southern display. Like, her accent is out of control. Full like, Southern display. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought she was really funny in the movie. I also have a soft spot for her because of Cruel Intentions. And Election, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't see Elections until... Or, excuse me, Election until fairly recently. And I really, really liked it. It was um very, very funny. She's... So good in that. Yeah. She's one of those uh, actors that um, I forget that is actually like someone who's really, really skilled actor that I enjoy. And then I see one of her movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like you. Um, I think the last movie I saw her in was Wild, which was um, an adaptation of Cheryl Strayed's memoir about walking that Pacific Coast Trail or whatever. And she was really good in that. Cool. I, yeah, the last thing I saw her in was Election, because we watched that when we brought back repertory screenings. She was in Pleasantville, which is, like, one of my hands-down all-time favorite movies, like, in my top, probably in my top ten. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my uh, camp classics, Fear, with Mark Wahlberg, which Dude. is, like, it's not a Lifetime movie, but it should be. <laughs> So I don't know anything about this movie except the fact that he fingers her on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I only know does. that because of Tumblr. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a classic. Okay. Classic it's like one of those, dangerous boyfriend movie. Did it, like, I swear to God, Alicia Silverstone was in, like, five of those types of movies. Like, those kind of, like, teen dark thrillers in the yes. 90s. The, the, the teen erotic thriller is a genre that is near and dear to my heart. Like, Em and I always shake our heads that they don't make those kinds of movies anymore. Yeah, what was the last one? Like, Swim Fan? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the last one was. The one that I think about all the time is this movie that Amanda Seyfried did called Chloe. Did you ever see this? No, I don't even know. Explain. I need to know more. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can look up the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of this. It came out in 2009. Oh, it's a later one then. Yeah, it's a remake of a French movie. And it's Julianne Moore and Amanda Seyfried. And uh, it's just about this uh, young call girl who starts an affair with Julianne Moore. And (laughs) it's just torrid, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. See, I live for that kind of shit. Me too. Uh, but yeah, but anyway. they, they don't make them anymore. But Steel Magnolias is not that. Steel Magnolias no. is fluffy. It's fluffy, and then it's weirdly tragic. Yeah. And uh, did you cry? I didn't cry. I was surprised. I did not cry either, just because I, right at the very beginning, when she had you that knew it was fit, happening. I was like, she's going to die, isn't she? That's and the only thing I remember about this movie, is the death. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. it's one of those movies where, because of its popularity... It it's so easy to just know, like, kind of, you know, just just the whole plot of it because of of its popularity, even if you hadn't seen it. Yeah, just because it's been a 
around for so long. This one and Fried Green Tomatoes are the two like sad Southern white lady movies I think of all the time. And I prefer Fried Green Tomatoes because it's kind of gay. Yeah. (laughs) But I did enjoy Steel Magnolias. I did. I uh, I did too. Um, I thought it was interesting just to see them at different... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said I wanted to be Olympia Dukakis. Go on. Yeah. I was just saying, I I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't see... At first, I was kind... I'm kind of on the fence of this, to be honest. Like, because obviously the movie kind of revolves... Like, the only deeper issue we ever really get into in the movie is Sally Field and her problems with her daughter. Because, you know, her daughter is very ill and then risks her life to have a kid and so so on and so forth. Right. I would have liked to see, like, a deeper dive into the other women and, like, what was going on in their lives. Because we had a moment where, like, Daryl Hannah became super fucking religious but then near at the end of the movie she obviously loosened up a bit you know yeah like the death almost loosens her up and then like uh what was the other thing the the marriage between dolly parton and her husband like was so strained and then he like but he like clearly loves her uh but, like, they never really get into that, and I thought that was really interesting, and I wish there had been more. And then, like, uh, what's her face? Shirley MacLaine? Yeah. Her character is so, like, lonely and weird, and I would love a movie just about her. Yeah. See, that was my biggest, like, regret. Like, it was kind of cool the way they did it, You just, just knowing people change over time. But, like, these women were so interesting to me. I would have, like, liked to know... Like, what was happening in their lives that were influencing these decisions they were making? Like, I'd like to know more about, like, Daryl Hannah and her past with the with the thief boyfriend and then her religious phase and so on. And then I wanted to know more about Shirley MacLaine and Olympia Dukakis's, like, friendship, which obviously is long and kind of, you know, bitchy, but I wanted to know more about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I absolutely... Uh ate it up i didn't expect to enjoy the movie as much as i did so a little to a little uh side note on this movie i happened to watch this movie while my dad was there and (laughs) my dad i he doesn't hate movies like these he likes certain types of movies like these i mean he's watched the pride and prejudice with um colin firth more times than i have (laughs) <laughs> and he loves the bodyguard. I mean, what, what, what more can I say? But man, he hated this. So really? adding a hilarious layer to everything was just him hating this movie. But he could not. He didn't leave. He was riveted. <laughs> he also hates Tom Skerritt. So whenever Tom Skerritt was on screen, he'd just start bitching immediately. This was Tom's- a hilarious viewing Tom's- experience for me. That is that is hilarious. And Tom <laughs> Skerritt was so obnoxious in this movie. So... I don't blame your dad for hating him. <laughs> and then after we were done, my dad said, I hate that this movie, I'm going to remember more about this movie than a movie I genuinely love. <laughs> and then he just, and then he left the room and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> At least he watched it. He gave it a fair shake. I, if I don't like a movie, I usually don't finish it. Not these yeah, days. Yeah, me too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not wasting any more of my time on this. He was a trooper. He was. Um, 
But I'm glad that we're ending on this note. I do think it's like the perfect movie to end on just because of its notoriety in popular culture. And uh, I just think out of all the white women movies we discussed, I still think She Devil is She Devil is my favorite and the best of them all. Yeah, it's my favorite too. I think it's the best one. I think it's the funniest. I think it's the one that has the best social commentary. Uh, I I could watch it almost every day and not tire of it. It yeah. really makes me happy, and it's it's so fucking funny. It is. Just Welcome. yeah. Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to ask you if you had anything else, because I'm... Oh, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, thank you for going on this journey with us through white women cinema. And speaking of white women cinema, the guy who wrote Moonstruck has a new movie coming out, and it looks like exactly the same as Moonstruck, except it takes place in Ireland. Weird. Yes. I was, I was I get trailers before my YouTube uh, videos now, and I watch them because I'm like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, man, this movie looks corny. Emily Blunt's in it. Jamie Dornan's in it. And then it said it was written by the guy who wrote Moonstruck, and my dad immediately went, no! <laughs> huh. It was it Norman Jewison? <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't know he was still making movies, so good yeah, for him, I Yeah, neither did I. He did Fiddler I can't on remember the, the title of it. I'm sorry, but just That's know that okay. it's happening. I saw the trailer for the new craft. I think it looks terrible. Oh, shit. Really? I was going to rent it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it because I have to know because they changed some stuff. And that yeah. movie isn't perfect. Like, it's clearly written by men and, like, the message is kind of eye-rolly. Yeah. But it's so fun to watch them all kind of just do witch shit. Um, I know. I agree. So it's a captivating movie, but, like, it's not a perfect movie by any means. So I'm interested to see what... She changed, and, like, hopefully it's all for the better. Because if she changes the big problem I have with that movie, I'll actually probably really like it. So at some point, I will watch it. Is the big problem you have with that movie that Nancy turned against them? Or they all turned against her? Well, they all turned against Nancy, but they also get shit coming back on them for rightful revenge, which I just don't agree with. Like, that racist girl deserves to have her hair fall out. Yeah, I agree. And the rapist guy deserves to go through, like, some sort of punishment. And the movie kind of makes it like they're all the bad guys for doling out this revenge that is rightful revenge. Exactly. So, yeah. Agreed. I'm not here for that Wiccan Reed shit. Well, anyway, no, thank no you again for tuning in for our White Woman Movie Marathon. And thank you for tuning into this episode. Yay. Uh, you can find more episodes at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. And there's show notes there, too. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, and Stitcher. And we'll be back in a couple weeks to discuss more fun things with you. Yes. Hopefully we'll have... Uh, less angst. I'm sorry if I was too anxious. (laughs) You were fine. You were fine. I'm just tired of being in in a quarantine. Yes, I get it. (laughs) Well, until next time, gentle viewers, always Always pizza pizza rolls. rolls.